I just see this gun come out of, <laughs> in this guy's hand, a pistol of some sort, and he's starting to point it at the guy right in front of my friend. And of course, my friend is like, whoa, like this. I'm like, dude, get into the taxis. Experience. and welcome back to another episode of the Vodka Podcast with me, Connor Klein. This is the Zara Experience, and today I'm speaking to you from Odessa in Ukraine, and we're on the shores of the Black Sea. As you can see behind me, I have uh, actually I'm here sitting on a cannon. Well, that gives you a little bit of an indication of the military history of the region. Of course, like most places, Odessa was built after the region was conquered. And uh, this is actually a little bit memorial to the founding of the city. You can see behind me a plan of the original city and citadel here in Odessa. And um, yeah, I'm not sure what year it is. Let me have a look again. 1794. Okay, so now you know when the city was founded. And today's um, episode of the podcast, I'm going to be going into, I'm going to be continuing where I left off in the last episode. And it's basically the first trip that I took to this region with my sensei. Now, if you don't understand that because you're just new to the channel, then you need to go back and it would be good to go back and also watch some of the previous episodes of the podcast like the last one where i talk about the romanian part of the trip in bucharest and maybe episode five if you understand exactly which is my dating journey in ukraine and then you'll get a little bit more context about who who exactly i'm traveling with on this trip so this is the second part of these kind of stories now um first of all if you're new to the channel then subscribe there's that red subscribe button and definitely uh, whack the notification bell beside it because that's how you get notified of future episodes. You get a little pop-up on your phone or you get an email. It notifies you. I do it myself so that I don't miss out on my favorite YouTubers. Now, where I left off is we were in Bucharest and then we decided on the second leg of the trip to go to uh, Chisinau in Moldova to do the Moldovan leg of the trip. And the reason I'm going into you know, more detail with these kind of stories and having this kind of story time format is first of all, because you asked for it. I did poll uh, you guys through my social media a few months back. And second of all, there's always something you can learn from these stories if you're planning to come to the region yourself. And that's where the great resources uh, are in watching this, this kind of style of video. It allows me to go more in detail and kind of introduce you to exactly my point of view and what forms my opinions when I'm talking about Eastern Europe in general. So where I left off, we were in Bucharest and now we took a flight to Chisinau, which is the capital of Moldova. Now, many of you have probably never been to Moldova. I do have a travel vlog. I'll put a card. Some up here will probably be able to see it in YouTube, also down below in the description uh, to this episode of the podcast. You can click the, the link there and see my travel vlog from Moldova, from Chisinau in particular. Now, the idea in the Moldovan part, as I outlined in the previous episode, was to go to Chisinau and then northwards to Belts, uh, which is a town in northern Moldova. Now, Moldova is statistically the poorest country in Europe. It's um, previously, I think Belarus was the least visited country by uh, international tourists in Europe. And now I think, I'm pretty sure it's probably Moldova because uh, Belarus has opened up its visa-free regime and Moldova has had that kind of uh, liberal uh, visa-free machine in place for probably about a decade at this stage. So um, it's not a place that many people uh, think of going to, but now you're going to learn about maybe, well, if you watch the travel vlog, you'll actually see what you can uh, do in Chisinau and the surrounding areas and some of the really great things that there are in Moldova, even if it's, uh, of course, less frequently traveled. 
Uh, so I get there uh, with my friend and we decide to go around the center of Kishinev. To be honest, it does not take very long to go around the center of Kishinev. We had just one night in the capital and we decided to do, it was Friday night, um, and we decided to go out, of course, and party and uh, try to meet some local girls and have fun, right, and enjoy the atmosphere. So we ended up going to a, um, a club called Sky Bar. It was, of course, had a view, it was up high. We had to go into like a shopping mall and then take an elevator right up to the, to the top floor. And um, we were there. And the first thing my, my, my friend had, um, my sensei had some issues, the fact that he didn't speak any Russian. And uh, Chisinau versus, as opposed to Bucharest, we were the English language skills were a lot less. So at a certain point, he met some girls who some of them did speak uh, some English, so he was super happy. We're all hanging out and having, uh, having fun, you know, getting to know each other. And at a certain point, I left uh, with one of the girls, went downstairs, uh, was making out with her, um, and then I ordered a taxi to leave, um, to leave the, the, the club, the establishment, or kind of the building with her. And uh, so we, we go outside, she calls the taxi on her phone. Now, today there are apps. This is, of course, a few years ago. Time is better always to call a taxi price-wise, and then you had to wait for it. We took the taxis that waited outside they were more expensive the chances as a foreigner of paying some exorbitant rate of course is dramatically higher if you take those taxis so of course i took her up in the alpha to call the taxi so we were waiting for the taxi to come and outside there's a little bit of a fracas um, like there's some guys arguing um, shouting at each other in russian all the time and we were looking nothing too too concerned just like two groups of guys four or five guys probably come from the club or something or maybe they were somewhere else in the in the in the building it's like a shopping mall so maybe there are other places open and at a certain point she says okay we've got an sms uh the taxi's outside let's go out uh, at that stage these guys were kind of more and more animated and shouting at each other so we walk past them hand in hand and i open the door uh, she gets into the taxi i turn around and this stage has become a bit of a, a scrap a fight these guys are like all um kind of fisty cups ready to punch each other and no one's throwing a punch yet but they're all kind of you know sizing each other up and shouting more and more uh, loudly at each other so I'm like okay well, this is you know my immediate reaction okay let's get in the taxi let's get the hell out of here right so I get in and I have my foot in and I'm about to close the door I look up and at this stage the guys are really 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 hostile to each other and one of them grabs on the guys and he throws it on the bonnet on the hood if you're using American English of our taxi so I'm like well now we're kind of now, you know, we're kind of screwed a little bit because we can't actually leave because these guys are going to fight on our taxi. Um, <laughs> but in any case, I don't feel personally threatened. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on and you have all these guys shouting. Now they're kind of behind, running behind the car a bit. And then I see uh, my friend, my sense, he's actually come out of the club in the meantime. And he's just like standing beside, he's like walking along beside where all these guys seem to be are fighting in front of the taxi. I'm like, hey come come hop in hop in hop in so obviously I want to get him out of the situation as well at that moment where he sees us um, he looks to his right and I see his face just change right like these eyes um, his pupils I'm well, I can see his pupils they're far away but his eyes just become really big and he's staring at a guy just to his left so I'm facing him so it's gonna be on my right hand side and suddenly I just see this gun come out of <laughs> in this guy's hand a pistol of some sort and he's starting to point it at the guy right in front of my friend and um, of course my friend is like whoa like this I'm like dude get into the taxi so he like runs around of course everyone's starting to 
get the hell out of the fucking way at this stage because this guy's got a gun and he's pointing who knows if it's loaded uh, I would always assume it's a loaded <laughs> in that stage I wouldn't take the risk that it's not uh, he jumps into the taxi with us uh, these guys fortunately they're all pointing off basically our taxi is in the middle right uh, of these guys so I'm like uh, getting us down in the back seat and um, we slam the door I'm like the taxi driver let's get the hell out of here right uh, and he doesn't seem too concerned um, which was odd but uh, and I guess he couldn't actually move because there were just people in front of him so he, we couldn't go anywhere anyways fortunately no one uh, fired a shot and um, Eventually, these good guys, the, the, each group of friends pushed the others back away from each other, and then we were able to, to leave. Uh, but my, as my friend said, yeah, the wild, wild east of Europe. Um, wow, what an introduction to, uh, to Moldova and to, and to Chisinau. Uh, so the next day, we were, pretty, we were a little bit uh, quieter about the whole uh, the whole the whole city we did only have one night there uh, so that was our introduction uh, to nightlife in Kishno pretty wild as a place so what can you learn from this well first of all uh, avoid avoid getting into any sort of local fracas with anyone you never know um, yeah maybe they're armed um, maybe in your country that's not the norm I know in the US a lot of people carry guns but in other parts of Europe especially in Western Europe it'd be very unusual for someone to be hanging outside a club with a gun with a firearm Apparently, in some countries in Eastern Europe, like uh, this time in Chisinau, um, there was a guy obviously with a firearm who's outside the club. So you obviously don't want to provoke local people. That's one. That's a pretty clear trip. If you're, if you're traveling in general, don't piss off uh, uh, local people. Also, just like to have like my friend could have very easily been heard in the crossfire. So I think one of the, the key things here was uh, to have a way of getting home, right? Because at that stage, I obviously had texted him. That's how we were downstairs, actually. Um, but in general, you need to have gotten your, um, uh, got yourself set up to be able to get home safely if you're out traveling, because certain things happen. Maybe you lose your friend. Uh, maybe your friend gets lucky uh, and he leaves. And then not even that he just abandons you, but he just leaves earlier. Uh, do you have a taxi app on your phone? Do you have you know, credit on your phone? Do you have a local SIM card? Are you going to be able to... Um, do you know how much it costs the taxi if you have to pay for one outside so you don't get ripped off? Do you know the address? All these kind of things. Uh, just to have awareness of how you're going to get out of uh, the situation if you are somewhere where, you know, it's very unfamiliar. Um, and I speak Russian, so my Russian was okay at the time, so I wasn't too really concerned about myself. But for my friend, uh, you can see what happened, like a crazy situation, like a guy pulls out a gun, right? Um, so that's what I, I mean, it's more, I guess, an entertaining story about how how the Moldovans always shot my sensei <laughs> on uh, our first trip across these of Europe. How my life would have been different if that had happened and not for the better. Uh, so that was Chisinau. Now, after Chisinau, uh, we decided to go to Belts. Now, Belts is, I probably made Chisinau sound very scary. In general, that was, it's not a scary place. That was the only uh, big incident I ever had. I think in all the, the years of traveling through and back and forth you know have a good airport in Chisinau better than at least up until now Odessa so it's actually better sometimes to take a flight from Chisinau so we decide afterwards to go to Belz now Belz is definitely not a place where it has a lot of tourism in fact it was really hard to find accommodation uh, in Belz um, I looked online this is about five years ago of course Airbnb zip nada in Belz uh, and then I looked for hotels that seemed to be like one hotel in in the city that was some like exorbitant price so I actually asked 
um, the guy who rented me the apartment in Chisinau for see if he could organize something in Belts. He organized it. We uh, then went uh, to, we took a taxi there actually. We got a taxi driver um, and um, we drove there. It was like about, I think about two hours, maybe even less. So we get up to Belts, he finds the place. The guy is like an old, uh, older gentleman. He's probably 60. Uh, he's renting out one of his two apartments. He lives in the upstairs part. Uh, and he was like super, super proud actually to uh, show us, uh, to have some foreign guests in his apartment. And I asked him, um, so how many international kind of travelers come through here? And he's like, you're the first people. So Belts is not a huge city. It's um, I think after Kishinev and Tiraspol, the, the biggest uh, city in Moldova. It's like less than 200,000 people, if I remember correctly, and it lies in the north. It has a high percentage of Russian speakers as opposed to Romanian speakers, what I read online. And uh, so we get there and we decide to go out in the evening. Now, um, I'd done my research and I'd seen there's a club in the city. I didn't really see much else. We went to struggle to find a good restaurant, to be honest. And it had, I remember, the ugliest ugliest statue I think I've ever seen in the square of a main city. It was like of Stefan Celmare, uh, which is the national hero of Moldova. So you're going to see that guy everywhere across the region, all the cities, but definitely don't go to Belts to see that statue, unless you're just curious to see how bloody ugly it is. Uh, I remember that being the main square. So I remember at dinner then, I asked the waiter, because she's always trying to get you know, some extra resources, uh, source information if you're traveling. I said, hey, I see that there's this club. Is it good? He said, yeah, it's a good club. Is there are there any other clubs in Belts? And he's like, no, that's uh, one club. I said, okay, that simplifies life for, for later. Uh, is there any nice bar to go to? And he says, yeah, there's this bar. Uh, and I said, where is it? He said, it's upstairs from the club. So I was like, okay, so basically there's one entertainment ven venue in the entire city. Now this was, maybe things are a little bit better today in Belts, but at the time there was just one place. So, um, we go to the club. We go reasonably early. We first went to the bar that was upstairs. Not very impressive. We had one drink and then uh, came down to the club. And like normally you have uh, in Eastern Europe, you always have pretty girls who like are podium dancers who dance uh, to add some sort of eye candy, some sort of uh, dynamic uh, to the club in terms of people, something for them to look at um, that's attractive. And there were two girls. I remember when we got to the entrance, we went to pay and the two podium girls were like beside themselves when they when they heard us because I speak in English because we spoke in English to each other and they wanted photos with us that's how rare it was for a, a Westerner for a group of Westerners to actually come to belts to the only club right they wanted their photos with us um, which is kind of like the reverse of what you'd expect of course normally all these guys um, well, uh, maybe chody guys. They, they want to have their photos with the, the pretty podium girls to show off or something, but they wanted photos with us uh, to be able to, I guess for the same thing, to be able to show off. They met some, some guys traveling uh, from Western Europe. We're going to the club. Uh, I went to the bathroom. When I came back, my friend was actually sitting at a table. Um, some local guys were there with their girlfriends, uh, with a group of girls. They had actually invited them over to the table. Uh, they had lots of bottles of stuff and um, um, shisha, hookah, was what I mean by shisha, um, there on the table and they were celebrating one of their birthdays and they were really, really enthusiastic, invited us over, wouldn't let us pay a penny for the night, invited us as a group of young guys and girls. Um, so we just had a great time partying there and that's another thing for you to learn, learn from the experience. There you see, like Dallas doesn't have really anything to see, right? It's not a tourist attraction. But at the same time, we had this kind of unusual experience of being like, kind of, I guess, like 
local uh, superstars because we had come there from outside and it was a rare occurrence like the novelty factor um, of going to a place like Belsa was obviously really high like we got invited for the entire night and had a great time partying with this uh, local group of guys and girls plus the podium dancers wanted photos with us I mean come on uh, we we're like the, the shit in, uh, in belts apparently it's not something that to think about when you're traveling like what is your what is your relative star power going to be uh, maybe you're you know, from the US or maybe from Western Europe or maybe from Brazil or somewhere and in your hometown you're not going to be particularly interesting to people but imagine a Brazilian guy shows up in Bels of course he's going to be such a novelty there right or somewhere else in Eastern Europe like Poland or whatever and that's something you can really learn from that by going to places that have less visitors maybe for a good reason maybe it's not that interesting but if you go there with an open mind and are social boom you'll have a fantastic fantastic time so I actually I have a funny into the evening because I actually wandered off apparently looking for water at uh, after the club and got lost <laughs> and it took me like 45 minutes to figure out where my uh, where my where the, where the apartment was because um, the belts was not very didn't have really any many landmarks everything was like just concrete some buildings and like kind of mud road <laughs> through the center of it so I couldn't find my apartment again and I think my phone was dead so it took me it took me a while to get home didn't really sleep uh, I looked destroyed <laughs> the next morning I remember the um, uh, host um, the guy who owned the apartment taking us to the bus station because there's only one bus out of the city to the north to the um, Ukrainian border uh, that day so he, he brought us to the bus station and uh, we had like three or four minutes before the bus was due to depart we'd already bought our tickets the day before uh, because this guy really took off took care of us and he took us there the day before another reason to go somewhere less travel there you go like extra service like he really took care of us and of course cost of stuff was cheaper as well uh, than, than in other parts of Moldova even or Eastern Europe or Europe in general dramatically cheaper um, so we're there and it's like a, it's a really yeah it's a marshutka it's a really crappy bus waiting for us and I'm like oh sitting in this bus is gonna be hell and I need to drink some water so I said I asked the bus driver hey do I have like two or three minutes to get some water and maybe some snacks it's like yeah sure cool so I go and into the little kiosk or a little small um, cafe that's there at the bus station in Belts and um, I turn around and my friend said hey do you want anything and this group of guys are sitting there and they're they have like sausage and bottles of us probably vodka on the table and they were like <gasps> Americanics <laughs> and uh, my friend is like da Americanics Americanics these guys insisted that I drink shots of vodka with them and eat their whatever pork sausages um, and I was not in the mood to do it but local hospitality ended up my friend doesn't drink alcohol, so he just like laughed his ass off at me and my state having to knock back these shots at 1 p.m. Uh, extremely hungover on a Sunday. Um, but that's part of the, the charm of going there. Like just look, look at that warmth of people that, again, the fact that you are something, um, a novelty in the regions really. Why? I mean, they don't know me, but they wanted to invite the American, it's the American, uh, to have shots with them while they were there. So got on the bus. It was a horrible, horrible um, obviously trip on the, some of the worst roads I've ever been on in Europe <laughs> not the worst there are worse ones in Ukraine but North Moldova yeah it was really on this marshutka which is like a bus it was actually a sprinter the bus was not actually so bad uh, but I was really destroyed tired and again I mean the downside to being such a novelty everybody wanted to talk to me on the bus uh, I remember there was this um, Roma guy uh, with gold teeth and he was just so close to me and so fascinated and kept talking all the time in uh, in Russian and that was obviously uh, with the lack of sleep quite difficult for me to 
to maintain the conversation, but still great that he was so that people are so curious, right? And um, there were remember we stopped for a break at one point, and uh, there was this guy, and I never forget him. Uh, he explained that he was an ethnic Ukrainian from a village in northern Moldova, and he had these enormous hands. Like this guy's hands were like shovels; they were so big, they're just incredible. And you know, he was like just chatting to us a little bit. Didn't speak any other language other than obviously Russian or. Moldova, maybe also spoke Ukrainian. And uh, so I was translating for my friend a lot, interpreting. And he said, hey, when we get to my village, I'm going to get the bus to stop and I'm going to give you, you guys, a tour of my village. Um, so I was like, okay, whatever. But I kid you not, we got to his village and it must have been really a really small village. Like, I don't know, did it even have a hundred people? Like, I saw like five houses in the place, but the bus stopped for us for 10 minutes. Uh, there was just mud everywhere. I guess it was like, yeah, it was April, so there was a lot of rain. And he walked us around uh, the village for 10 minutes and showed us like the World War II uh, war memorials they had there in his village. And they had the statue and um, of a Soviet soldier, a big one. I remember I think he was pointing out his finger like this. Uh, and it was really like just the, 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 the passion and the, the warmth, right? Of, hey, these two guys, um, they're so unusual to have come to this region. I'm going to show them you know, a little bit of where I'm from, right? And that kind of stuff. It's not the glamour that you're going to see here in Odessa. We're not talking about, you know, partying with champagne and uh, eating top restaurants and having, I mean, you can probably find a supermodel girlfriend also in rural Moldova, don't get me wrong. Um, like, for example, the podium dancers at the club. But that kind of stuff is really what's special about traveling often just when people uh, are so open and want to show you there, where they're from. And um, it doesn't have to be much. It's really just that passion that makes it really special. Like my, myself and my friend, we still talk about that guy with the huge, with the huge hands and going to that village and there'd be nothing there. But so eventually we get on the sprinter, we get back on the sprinter. Everybody waited, no one complained, of course. It was such a special opportunity uh, to show the village to the two foreign travelers. And then we went to uh, the north eventually. It was really tough doing that sprinter van for that long, I'll be honest. That's the, again, the non-glamorous side of it. And we get to the border, the border town. The driver actually took photos with us as well because he was so proud that it brought us um, as foreigners, as Westerners to, uh, uh, on his bus to the north, to northern Moldova, to the border. I guess it's just so rare anyone does that. And um, then we're at the bridge, got uh, Ukraine on either side, Moldovan border. and. Like he took photos with us. That was how novel we were, and that was again, you know, a nice memory. Um, my friend still has the photos with uh, with the driver. And everything. It's uh, yeah. When we look back at them, um, just just really just to see that amount of passion in people. It's really uh, it's really amazing. So that's something that I hope you can learn from. Two different sides to Moldova. The time they almost shot me. I'm not interested. Shoot me. Should rephrase that. The time they almost shot my friend, my sensei, uh, and that would have been, uh, yeah, rather dramatic on my life, obviously as well as his. And then being a novelty in the north, where no one goes to travel north of Moldova, uh, just having those fantastic memories afterwards. That's something that should inspire you to think about traveling somewhere where it's less uh, common. Uh, and you know, always, but always be careful at the same the same time. Don't be naive. Don't take stupid risks uh, be daring enough to go to the place but just you know know your environment and obviously avoid any sort of altercations in a foreign country in general you don't understand um, what's going on and you don't know who anyone is it's never a good idea um, so that's the end of this episode of the podcast uh, in the next one I'm gonna explain what happened when we got at that border crossing again it was really really interesting this was just a non-stop 
like overkill of events that was going on for us like because we're only on day four of the trip um, a 12-day trip at this stage i'll be going that into next week uh, on the vodcast um, if you enjoyed this video strike the like button drop a comment below if you've been to moldova had some personal experience there or you've met moldovans abroad or you know something about the country or maybe just curious and you have questions just drop all that below in the comments section if i don't answer it personally because maybe i can't uh, answer everything um, someone else will hop on there and probably answer your query for you there's a great community of people that we're building here we're really passionate and excited about traveling in eastern europe and sharing their experiences so go and do that if, and um, definitely subscribe to the channel if you're not already a subscriber but probably if you got to the end of this video you're already doing that and just make sure that you have the notification bell pressed because then you'll get notified of these uh, videos when they're uploaded and that's always great i do it myself and if you're interested in traveling to the region maybe dating local girls uh, learning the local language any of that stuff of course i have my free training courses below uh, in the description to this video go sign up it's for free of course after that there's the premium versions uh, that you can also uh, enroll in and if you are planning to come here and you are interested in my help personally, because a lot of you, uh, either you come up to me on the street and you greet me and um, you, we discuss exactly what, why you follow the channel and how it's helped you here. And then of course I have my clients who actually pay me for the uh, in-person in-situ coaching here, or maybe just over Skype if they just want uh, uh, help on how to get set up for the trip or how to interact with local girls a lot of you have a lot of questions about dating in the region especially online dating especially meeting women uh, so you can write me an email at connorcline at czarexperience.com we'll also put that in the description best way though is just to go into my instagram my, my handle is czarexperience czar is of course spelled t-s-a-r it's spelled the british way i know i write everything else in american english but i just thought it looked nicer looked prettier basically with the t-s rather than the uh, I guess it's CZ otherwise um, go there and then write me a direct message uh, I do read them uh, so if you have some query and then you know what's even better on Instagram you get to see exactly what I'm doing when I'm traveling this region like every day I'm posting lots of stories just watching those will really give you a lot of valuable information about uh, what it's like to travel around here and what you can expect when you come but for the personal touch coaching via Skype or actually here and helping you organize your trip um, definitely write me a message on one of those two channels uh, by email or by direct message on Instagram. Of course, you can go to my Facebook and also put it on Facebook. I'm there under Zara Experience. So with that said, it's the end of this episode of the podcast. I look forward to seeing all of you smiling, enthusiastic for Eastern Europe, for traveling here in the next, uh, next week or maybe even in midweek if you're watching my Tip Thursday or another video that's going to be out uh, before then. Disvidanya. Dopobachna from Odessa, Ukraine. Ciao. Sar Experience.